Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Golden Astrologer Podcast. This is Deb McBride, and I am broadcasting from lovely Escazú, Costa Rica, on Sunday, May 8th in the year 2022. And it is not Mother's Day in Costa Rica, as Mother's Day in Costa Rica is August 15th. No matter what day it falls on, it could be a Tuesday, a Friday, a Sunday, a, a Thursday, it's always August 15th, and everything closes down. Mother's Day is very important here. So happy Mother's Day to everyone else in the world that is celebrating Mother's Day. And I hope you had a lovely day. Now, this is another astrologically interesting week as we are upon the beginning of Mercury retrograde when Mercury retrogrades at 7.47 a.m. Eastern Time on Tuesday the 10th. And what happens is this is the second Mercury retrograde of the year, and it's staying retrograde till June 2nd. And Mercury is in Gemini. So it's going to be in Gemini. And remember what I said last week, it trined Pluto at the end of Capricorn when it was in the end of Taurus, and then it moved into Gemini. And now it's going to trine again when it's about to like come out of the retrograde before it finishes the retrograde. And then again, when it finishes the retrograde is going direct. So we've got a lot of activity here because Mercury will go back into Taurus. Not yet. It is in Gemini at four degrees. So if you have planets in Gemini, you might already be feeling this as I am. I'm already feeling this. And I can tell you that it is, um, it's going to be a doozy. (laughs) I can tell you already it's going to be a doozy. It's, it's definitely a retrograde, Uh, to stand out from all retrogrades. So let's batten down the hatches. (laughs) Let's get our ducks in a row. Our eyes are crossed. Our eyes are dotted. Our T's are crossed. Like I said yesterday on Instagram, because this is already, I feel it already. I'm already having stuff and I, but I have the moon in Gemini and it's sort of, it's close to my moon, but so yeah, this is this is going to be a, an interesting retrograde. So what do you want to do? The the usual drill. You want to make sure that your ducks are in a row. So you get your bank account sorted. You get your phone situation sorted. Your iPad, your computer, your everything. Everything's backed up. Anything you have to do, I'll try to do it before the retrograde. Although it's an exercise in futility at this point because it's going retrograde and you know, less than 48 hours. And, um, and it's, it's an interesting thing because this is not, um, it's not happening alone that day. Jupiter is going to enter Aries that day. So Jupiter is at the very end of Pisces. So Tuesday is going to be a very interesting day. Jupiter is at the very end of Pisces now as we speak. And that is a point of surrender and atonement and release and letting go. And trusting, 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 trusting the universe on a major level. And Jupiter at the end is just sort of like, okay, I I have to just let this go. I don't have a choice. I'm just letting it go. And we move forward with Jupiter and Aries at 7.22 p.m. on Tuesday the 10th, Eastern Time. So in the morning, almost 12 hours earlier, Mercury will go retrograde and then Jupiter is going to change signs. So these are connected events. These are connected events. When stuff, remember Pluto was going retrograde as the eclipse was happening last week. Well, now we've got Mercury going retrograde as Jupiter is going into Aries. So they have a story to tell each other. And no, Mercury does not rule Pisces and or Aries. And it's just, it's in its little retrograde. Um, 
they are moving in a way that is, you know, it's a, it's a lot of excitable energy. Mercury's in Gemini. It's lots of air energy. And Jupiter's going to go into fire. So this is, this is very interesting. And we are going forward in a way that is um, very interesting because now we're finally going to have fire in the sky for months, okay? Once Tuesday comes. And so we're going to move forward with fire, and that's good. That's a good thing. Jupiter will be at zero degrees Aries, which is known as the Aries point in astrology, and it's the cardinal axis since the beginning of the zodiac. So Jupiter is at the end of the zodiac. Mercury is stopping in the sky, and so there's a lot of things going topsy-turvy this week. It's a little interesting because or it's a lot interesting because Mercury's going to stop or it's already stopping, but Jupiter is at the end of the zodiac, the end of the line, okay? Now, this is important because Jupiter's coming back here later this year. Jupiter's going to be in Aries for months, and then it's going to go in, back into Pisces when it goes retrograde. So it'll be retrograde, then it'll move through the beginning of Aries again, and it'll move back into Pisces. And, and then what's going to happen is Mercury will retrograde when Jupiter gets back into zero degrees Aries after the whole return to Pisces thing, which is going to be very strange. Um, Jupiter will go back into Aries on the, the 21st of December around the solstice, and then Mercury will go retrograde about the last couple of days of the year. So that's interesting. That means that this is going to happen again later in the year. So watch watch for that. But we'll talk about that. We got a while before that happens. This is the second Mercury retrograde of the year in its own sign. And, and then Jupiter is entering Aries. So when Jupiter goes into Aries, like I said, we'll have fire. But what is Jupiter in Aries? This is going to make us bolder. This is going to make us more confident. This is going to make us, you know, be able to speak up, speak out. This is going to give us a lot of eh, maybe a little bit of courage, a lot of courage, you know, depending on who you are, what planets you have in different places. This is a, an emboldening, courageous place. Jupiter is a planet that kind of plows on through things. All right, I trust the universe. I trust this is the right thing. This is not a tiptoeing around kind of sign. Aries is very direct. Jupiter's very direct. You know, Jupiter rules Sag. Sagas are generally pretty direct people. So what you're looking for is you're looking for energy in that area of your life. What area is Aries in your chart? What part of your chart rules is ruled by Aries? And, you know, what house do you have Aries in? And Jupiter will be visiting that house. Jupiter's only going to get out to about eight degrees of Aries. And if you have anything up until eight degrees, Aries, Capricorn, Cancer, Libra, then they are going to get touched by Jupiter in these months ahead. And it's just a visit. You know, like my teacher used to say to us, Jupiter will think it's in Aries, but it's really still pretty much in Pisces. Like last year, Jupiter was in Aquarius, went into Pisces for a minute, went back into Aquarius. Jupiter thought it was in Pisces, but it was really still in Aquarius. Um, so I wouldn't use this as a whole... Um, experience of Jupiter and Aries. Jupiter is stepping in, doing a little dance, leaving, and then it'll go back in in December.
So think about where in the meantime, you can use this energy. It's not like it's never, it's like going to feel like it was in Pisces. It's going to, it's going to give us courage and, and energy and fire in the sky for a few months. So this is actually very good. And Jupiter's not bad in Aries. I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's, it rules another fire sign. So this is, this is good for it. It's, it's fiery, fiery energy. Um, then, you know, more excitement at the end of the week. Um, so Sunday the 15th and Monday the 16th, and we'll be back before then, we'll be back on Sunday the 15th, um, we will experience a lunar eclipse, okay? And a lunar eclipse, now, their eclipses come in pairs. Eclipses always come more than one Oh, there's never one eclipse and then we're done. Six months later, there's another eclipse. No, what we're having happen is we're having an experience of the, the south node eclipse. So last week, now right now we're in that in-between moment of eclipses. Last week, it was a north node eclipse, okay? And it was very energetic. It was Uranus. And frankly, I have to say, I didn't think that was such a bad eclipse, so that's good. Sometimes eclipses like way too much. Like I was very busy. That's good. That's a good eclipse. Now, um, what's happening? Um, the full moon is at 25 Scorpio. The south node's at 23 Scorpio. This is a, the eclipse happens in Scorpio. When there is a lunar eclipse, the sun and the moon are in full moon status. That means the sun is in one sign where we know it is Taurus because it's Taurus season. And that means the moon has to come around and be in its opposite sign, which is Scorpio. Now, eclipses relate to the nodes. They always relate to the nodes. And without the nodes, we don't have eclipses. You don't have eclipses randomly here and there. They have to do with the position of the north and south node. Um, and if you want to learn what that's all about, call me and we'll do an astrology lesson. Okay. And um, so the south node is where we release things, where we let go, where we take things and throw them out, where we cancel where we we get rid of stuff that no longer suits us and it's like clearing out your closets and depending on where scorpio is in your chart like i just said you know we know where aries is where scorpio for you scorpio is where the eclipse is happening and and that is where the moon will be and that is where things get the moon gets eclipsed so that's when you're looking up at the moon and it has a little bite taken out of it in the sky when you can see the eclipse from where you're located so at the south node, we let go of stuff or we have changes in that area or there's maybe a little bit of disruption and things get cleared out. So maybe you have it in your fourth house and you're, you're you know, doing some construction in your house and like you're, it, the construction's going to clear out some problems of like maybe, you know, leaks or something going on in your house. Okay. That's, that's. A perfectly reasonable eclipse thing to have happen. But it's also, it's a release in some ways. Now, um, when we are dealing with the eclipse, which happens on the 16th in Eastern Standard Time at 12, 14 a.m., so like shortly after midnight. And if you live in the Pacific time zone, then it happens at 9, 14 p.m. on Sunday night. Where I am, it will be 10, 14 p.m. on Sunday night. So, 
the eclipse is happening with a bunch of other stuff. And what are those other things? One of the main things that's happening is that shortly before the eclipse, that afternoon, the sun will square Saturn at 2.49 p.m. And Saturn is about 24, 25 degrees right now. And it is, yeah, it's 24. And the sun is going to move past Saturn and then come to um, into the eclipse. So that means, you know, roughly, mm, you know, 10 hours before, 9, 10 hours before, the sun is going to square Saturn. So that means that Saturn is squaring the nodes. So Saturn is in the middle. The nodes are in axis. The sun and the moon are in axis. They're going to be in opposition. The nodes are in opposition. The sun is lined up with the north node. The moon will be lined up with the south node. And Saturn is an Aquarius in the middle of this. The only sign that is not getting this is Leo, okay? Leo meaning that it's the empty space of the T-square formed by the sun, the moon, and Saturn. Wow, that's a lot of stuff, right? That's a lot of stuff. The moon, the sun will actually square Saturn at 2.49 p.m. Eastern time, and then the moon will square Saturn at 11.38 p.m. That's how close Saturn is to the nodes, Okay, this is a very tight square to Saturn. Oh my goodness, Saturn? No, not Saturn. Well, yeah, so Saturn is, you know, the grandfather, the patriarchy, the elderly person in the room. Saturn is the disciplinarian. Saturn is the dutiful one. Saturn is the responsible one. Saturn is you know, where we have to obey the rules, the restrictions, the responsibilities, we have to stay in line, etc. And so one of the things that's so important about this is that you cannot separate this eclipse from Saturn. You can't. It's part of the eclipse. Like Pluto was part of the last one, which is interesting because it wasn't exactly involved in the eclipse. This isn't directly involved in the eclipse. This is directly involved in that opposition between the sun and the moon. And so when we are dealing with Saturn as part of the eclipse and Saturn as squaring the north node and south node, then there it avoid it sorry, automatically gives us a choice point, okay? And what is your choice point? This is an eclipse that must operate with the utmost in integrity, okay? There's no skipping around. There's no shortcuts. There's no cutting in line. There's nothing. You must operate in a way that Saturn is showing you the way to integrity versus not integrity, okay? Complicated, complicated. Saturn is like... You know, there may be a moment when you say, I really don't know what I'm supposed to do with this choice. Act out of the best integrity. Act, um, as my coach says, with squeaky clean energy. You must. We must. All of us must. There is no place right now for us to operate without our integrity intact.
Saturn makes sure of that because otherwise, when other aspects come to this eclipse, you're going to get booted by Saturn. You're going to get somebody's finger wagged in your face, okay? You're going to get caught. And that's not what we want. We don't want any of us to be caught without our integrity intact. And we don't want any messing around with the, the responsible one, with Saturn, with the patriarchy, with the, well, you know, the patriarchy is another matter. There's a patriarchy, there's a, there's a patriarchal lineage in your family, and then there's the patriarchy in the world at large, and there's a lot of stuff going on with that right now, and we won't go there, because that's for the news, and this is for astrology. Okay, so, um, the, the sun squaring Saturn is, there's some turning points, there's some choice points, there's some, um, moments in each of our lives when we have to take a turn in what direction we need to know what we're doing. So it's important to allow that, um, allow that responsible one its place, allow the integrity its place. Okay. And we must be in line with our squeaky clean energy because you don't want Saturn to come back here. And there's more eclipses later in the year, you know, and they've got to do with the same kind of setup of nodes. You don't want to come back here and feel like you're getting your hand slapped, okay? So what is it that we have to deal with? Scorpio energy is hidden. It's behind the scenes. It's secrets. It's not being completely up front in many ways. Now, not in the same way Pisces is. Pisces can be more of an avoidance. Scorpio just keeps their mouth zipped. And you don't really want to feel like um, doing that is going to cause trouble for you or something. You know, there's privacy and there's privacy. I mean, if you feel the need to be private, fine. If you're holding back, withholding information and it's not the right thing to do, that's not good. You must speak up if it's necessary. Um, there's the integrity, there's the choice point. So, and it could pass through your life where you feel like, okay, oh, that was an easy point because there's no, there was no question for you. Saturn is also where we have fears and anxieties. And Saturn is not a place where we mess around with, you know, our fears and anxieties. It's where we have to come clean. It's where we have to, where we have to take responsibility for ourselves. And this is really important. Saturn always wants us to take responsibility for where we may have messed up, screwed up, been avoiding things, wherever we need to take responsibility. It's important. And the other thing is this. Saturn is going to also make you realize where your energy is going. Like, are you spending too much time holding on to your fears and anxieties? The eclipse will blow that up. Don't. Don't use it. Don't avoid things. Don't, you have to confront your fears and you must not get engaged in blaming others. You have to take responsibility. So the energy spills out into Leo, which is more fun. This is not fun. Saturn is not always fun. I, I don't know anyone that equates Saturn with fun. Okay. So Leo is where like we are, you know, maybe we're a little more playful and generous and uh, gregarious and stuff and want to have fun. Leo's like, oh, I just want to, I just want to be friendly and good and be creative and have fun with the kids and, and stuff. And it's like, mm, 
it's one of those things where you, you never really know until the eclipse has happened. And the energy going into Leo is where the energy needs to go. Get. So just relax, let go, let go. Let go of the fear, let go of the anxiety and be present with yourself. And if you feel yourself moving through something difficult, which often Saturn does, you stay very connected to self. Stay connected to self, work through it and hold the energy. It's so important to hold the energy where you are and just let it process. Sit with the process. If it's let it move through, energy moves, energy moves and it moves through us. If we get stuck and we're like freaking out and holding on Leo, the energy where that spills out can be drama. You don't want drama. You want to feel like you are holding the energy and saying, okay, I'm not going to get excited. I'm not going to get dramatic. I'm not going to blow this up and make a mountain out of a molehill. I am just going to stay calm and connected to self and be very aware of how the energy is moving through me. Eclipses can be tedious, especially when they're with Saturn. So just stay close to yourself, closely connected to self, to energy, to spirit, connected to yourself, okay? Just be with it and watch your energy and watch it move through you. It's like, you know, when you get like your, your, maybe you are having a, a moment where you get like excited, like someone tells you something and you're like, <gasps> and you're a little bit stunned or excited or happy or anything. It could be like good excitement, bad excitement, whatever. You feel it moving through you. You feel it like maybe in your head, you start to perspire. Maybe your heart pounds. Maybe, stay with the energy. Let it move through you. Work it through. Let it go. Release it to the earth. Put your feet flat on the earth. Remember the north nodes in Taurus. The sun is in Taurus. This is a time to go outside and stand on the earth, like I tell you all the time, and reach for the sun, okay? This is one of those moments. And Leo is ruled by the sun, right? So the Leo, the empty space of the T-square is ruled by the sun. It's about connecting to energy, to the sun, okay? And you can't go wrong even if it's in like drama with Scorpio or something, you can't go wrong if you keep your feet on the ground and you connect to the energy of the sun. Maybe it's cloudy, but the sun is back there somewhere. Stand there, be with it, connect to it. Connect to it. Even though the eclipse is in the evening, it doesn't matter. During the day, connect with the sun. The sun is going to be squaring Saturn, okay? Now, another thing happening that day is that Venus in Aries will conjunct Chiron in Aries. So Chiron is, as I have explained before, what we call the wounded healer in mythology. And he is not, um, like it's not Venus conjunct Jupiter that we had a few weeks ago. It is, he's not going to, um, give us an injection of joy and frivolity. It's not that. So this is an eclipse with Saturn and Venus conjuncting Chiron. Venus can if she uses her energy properly, Venus can um, soothe the wounds of Chiron. She can be soothing. And one of the things that's so important is that Venus is 
Venus's energy and Venus is heard in this and love conquers all. And no matter what, even if Venus has the urge to be selfish in Aries, she still has the ability to be empathic because she's Venus. And so where, where there's a wound, where you see a friend, you may see a friend who's wounded or going through a hard time. You stay with them. You connect to them. You support them. You give them your empathy. Venus Chiron is often something that is, you know, um, there's a story. You know, if you, you're a Venus Chiron person, you might have a story from your childhood, from your family, from something that's a little sad. That's like, oh, no, really? Oh, your history. And so this is something that, you know, I, I have to say, Chiron's not like the planets. Chiron's a comet. He's not like Pluto, where you go through this major transformation and you feel on the other side of it, you're like, oh, that, yeah. Chiron, you often feel a little helpless. And Chiron, you often feel like you're left with your emotions and your feelings. With Venus, you're left with your emotions and your feelings and your sensitivities and your, your just like, wow, what happened there, you know? My feelings got hurt. So try not to process these as hurts. Work with the energy. Again, stay close to yourself and stay where, let things move through you and just own them, be with them, don't point a finger and connect to self and watch the energy move through you. And this is going to help you be deeply aware of the process of what Venus Chiron means in your life. Now, if you've had a Venus Chiron by progression or in your chart or something, or maybe Chiron transited your Venus at some point, and it's more likely Chiron, Venus will whiz past your Chiron unless she retrogrades there. But most of the time it's Chiron coming to Venus and sitting on Venus and moving back and forth over Venus because Chiron takes 50 years to go around the Zodiac. Then you remember what it was like to have that. And you remember what it felt like to have Venus and Chiron meet. And it you remember what you went through and you can extend a hand to a friend and you can heal yourself. Remember, he's the wounded healer. He's not the dead healer, although he dies and then he gets put in the sky. He wasn't able to die. That's why he was wounded. He was perpetually wounded because um, he was part God. He was a demigod. And um, he's not like he didn't die. He didn't die of his wounds. He couldn't die of his wounds because he was a demigod. And so he was allowed to be put in the starry skies. It's the centaur by the other gods who granted him that. So he is someone, and it makes us a better healer. It makes us a better support system. If we can connect with our own sense of wounding or where we feel wounded, move through it and deeply understand the wound and release it. Sometimes wounds have many layers. And the next time Venus connects with Chiron, we go through another layer of the same thing, but that's next year. It's important to deeply connect. So we want to take Sunday, next Sunday, the 15th of May, as a moment. Maybe this is a healing day for each of us. Maybe we have to take Sunday. It's a Sunday, you know, take it as a day for yourself to connect, to meditate, to heal, to be spirited and to be understanding 
of one's wounds. The sun also sextiles Neptune that day, which is a very smooth healing aspect. This looks like a big day of healing to me. And if you have nothing else planned for next Sunday, uh, maybe you're going on vacation or something, if you have nothing else planned for next Sunday, take a mental health day. Take it and journal and connect with yourself and be in your own energy. Now, if you start getting antsy and people are around you and you have to go to something social or you're with your partner and you feel like, oh, this is rough or this is bad or we had a falling out about, go back to self. Return to self and be in the moment with self because that's where the answers are going to be and that's where you're going to find your healing. Don't say, you know what he did to me? Bah, 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 bah. You know what my mother said? Da, 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 da. No. No, 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 no. This is you, your responsibility, your ownership, and that's that's what you can do. That's a big day Sunday. Sunday the 15th is really intense. And, you know, I think it's going to be helpful to have Jupiter in Aries, you know. Um, we won't be in the end of the zodiac feeling like, oh, my God, I have to give something up here. It's Jupiter in Aries, and it's always we're going to bounce back. We're going to bounce back. So... Um, find your bounce back and Mercury is going to be retrograde. And to me, that says, you know, that that's another one of those going within things because we, what do we do at retrogrades? We review, we revise, we reestablish, we regenerate, we reveal, things are revealed. The truth comes out during Mercury retrograde. So it's going to be an interesting ride. I think the Mercury retrograde is going to be an interesting ride. And I think that this eclipse is going to be an interesting ride. I don't expect this eclipse to go as smoothly as the last eclipse. So just letting you know. Um, so it's important to like watch everything that you are doing and pay attention. Don't point a finger sit with yourself. How many times can I say this? Well, you'll probably hear me on Instagram. If you tune into me and Instagram, it's the golden astrologer. And I'll be talking a lot about this in the next week. And it's, it's important. This is a, it's a little bit of a somber day next Sunday. It's Saturn. We're involved with Saturn. We're involved with Chiron and Neptune is there to soothe us. Okay. And, and because Neptune is there to soothe us, we can, there's healing in this. I know that there's healing in this. So be with yourself. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to confront your fears and have the best thing you can do next weekend, have an epiphany. Reach for that epiphany. Reach for it. Okay. So again, my Instagram is the golden astrologer. This is the golden astrologer podcast. And I am on Twitter at Deb astrology. Though I'm not on Twitter much these days. If you really want to find me, you can find me on Instagram, or you can find me at my website, thegoldenastrologer.com, where you can book a session with me, either an emotional clearing, a Reiki session, or uh, an astrology session. And all of those things are available on my website. It's all automated. And I am here every Sunday on the Golden Astrologer podcast, and I love you and thank you for listening. I invite you to come back next week. Have a beautiful week. Have a beautiful Mercury retrograde and Jupiter entering Aries. See you next week at the eclipse. Take care. Beautiful week. Gratitude to all.